Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Zikhsan Higginsia with the Leadership Hour I've got with me Professor Ibrahim Arnold And uh, we're talking about leadership, the art of leadership And um, we'll be looking at a little bit of history um, In terms of you know where leadership came from What type of leadership we had And um, where are we going to? Uh, Professor, we spoke last, before we broke for Isha, uh, about the whole concept of um, leadership and where you're sitting right now at IPSA, where you're sitting with a a class of future leaders. And um, tell us about this challenge. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, when we talk about leaders, we, we often get confused with titles. <laughs> mm. So we call people Sheikh, Maulana, Mufti, I have no idea what else we're going to call the guys. Mm-hmm. And so we're so caught up in this title. title that we forget about what are we supposed to lead to. Words, what is the definition of leadership? Well, not only that, but mm-hmm. what are we, if, if you are looking at, we're not talking about the tools of leadership. We're not talking about, you know, the type of characteristics always, because mm. But you can have all of those traits and you can be a total monster. You know, mm. there's an excellent book called Snakes in Suits. <laughs> so you've mm. got a psychopath who's got all those kind of qualities, but then not the person. What is important is about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us make dua for. رَبَّنَا هَبَّلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنٍ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا We are not only asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our families and ourselves imams, but imams for the muttaqun. The muttaqun are those who follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands and those who stay away from His prohibitions. That's the command. That's the request that we're making. Now, what is an imam? You know, I, I really love the manner in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam. He says, Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan qanitan lillahi hanifa. He, he describes said, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam alone as an ummah. <laughs> what does that mean? So an ummah is much more than just, you know, a group of people. Mm-hmm. It embodies... All of the manners of acting, the good manners, the good qualities, the belief in the religion, the faith, all of those are encompassed in that. And therefore, if we're talking about an imam, that imam must lead you to something. Mm-hmm. Now, taken into the South African context, what is this person going to lead you to? And let us look at, for instance, to our guru and all those other people and all of the shiukh that came after us, after them. If we look at what they did was they recognized what they were faced with. Mm-hmm. So they were faced with all kinds of, of challenges. First of all, the religion was banned. Um, you know, they, they were enslaved. They had all of those kinds of challenges. Um, they've got a community that is coming in, coming from all over. Different, tri- you know, I wouldn't say tribes, but different countries. Mozambicans, you've got, you know, people from uh, Malaysia, you've got all kinds of, they've got the in, uh, indigenous people, and so you go on. Now, how do you manage and how do you lead a group of people like this? 
And so what I, I'm amazed at is the manner in which they identified the problems and how they led the community to address those problems. And, and what are those kinds of tools that they use if we were, you know, wish to talk about tools if, uh, you know, looking at that, the first thing that they did was they didn't concentrate on a cultural identity. So in other words, they say, I'm from Malaysia, I'm from here, I'm from whatever it is. They had a Muslim identity. And, and, and it seems to be, you know, how could that have been such a big deal? But if you look at it, you will find that the Muslims wrote the first book in Afrikaans ever in the Arabic script. And that was the Bayanuddin. No, 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 that was not the Bayanuddin. Which book was it? Um, uh, you know, I, I failed the, num- uh, the, the name now, but Fanselm, Professor Fanselm was did this discovery. Uh, no, no, it's just that. But Bayanuddin uh, came afterwards. Yeah, but, but the thing is, I want to understand. Hmm. What was the language at the time? Okay, the, just remember that the language of the, at the time, and this is an interesting concept, because when I was in Belgium, mm-hmm. when, the, when the Flemish guys, when they spoke Flemish to me, I could understand everything that they, they spoke. Mm-hmm. And I asked, but now how is it that when, I, when a Dutch person speaks to me, I can't understand what they're talking about? And this guy from Belgium, he said, a lot of people make a mistake that they think it was Dutch that they spoke. But these officers were speaking Flemish, and therefore they were closer to the Afrikaans story. And so, so that's an interesting feature. So obviously if you've got a colonialist um, control, then you're going to have to speak the language that they spoke. And so what they did was they took the language and they started scripting that language, particularly for religious purposes. Yeah, but I don't understand. Where, where did this, these Flemish people come from? Where did the Belgians come the, from? They were on the Dutch. They were with the Dutch East India Company. Okay. So they were on the ships and so on. And that, that was, I was shocked when, I, when they told me that. that was well, I'm shocked because I'm sitting here. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so if you, if you speak to a Flemish person, you, you understand I, I, I had that experience about two weeks ago yeah. in, uh, in Germany. Okay. Where somebody spoke uh, Flemish, hmm. and I could understand exactly Everything. what they were saying. Yes. And I asked, so they said, "No, they're from Belgium." Yes. So, so yeah, so so, but I'm still trying to to link now hmm. the Flemish presence in the Cape. Okay, it, I, you know, I, I've, I haven't seen it recorded anyway. Okay, I, I, you know, obviously that's for another. Yeah, I was another day. Well, that's yeah. another. Day. <laughs> I think what we need to do is to concentrate on the use of the Afrikaans language to then permeate across everybody that was available essentially. So language played a a major role. Obviously there was marriage and intermarriage and kekulekos no, as you can Saudi or whatever the case may be, Arab. When I'm going to America then they think I'm, you know, Hispanic and and so on. Beautiful, I think, you know, combinations that you get. They, they used adoption, they had, you know, the Tasawwuf aspect, all drawing people to the deen, as it were. But it wasn't just a case of deen, it was bringing dignity to them. So it, even to the extent that people, um, if you were black, even if you became Christian, for that matter, they wouldn't bury you. Because you were black, because the, the, the church was white. And so the Muslims, when you become Muslim, they bury you. 
So even to that extent, that's how they they took their leadership to the to those levels of integration. And so the, the essence of it is that they first recognize that they are Muslim, and that was their main feature. So guiding people towards Islam, recognizing the conditions that people are in. And I think that's our challenge. If we talk about leadership, we often think about theo- theological leadership. The manadukhat liya, bichi, fani Quran, hadith, and so forth and so forth. But what about everything else? Mm-hmm. Because if you're looking at, at South Africa, which is an inequitable society, right? There's economic in- inequality, social, cultural, political, spatial, environmental, knowledge-based, are mm. all elements of inequality. So if you are an imam, or if you want to prepare people to become imams for that, and I like you know, the description of being imams, because that's you and I. We are the imams in our in our homes and so on. Nabi Sallallahu used the word kullukum ra'in. Okay, everybody is a shepherd and everybody is going to be asked about the responsibility of what they are supposed to be having a sh- the, the control of and trusted with. That's what we, we are faced with. So if you are an imam or leader, then that's what you do. So how are you going to to deal with all of those aspects when if you only concentrate on the theological aspects because you have a responsibility as a society okay so there's two things that you extracted now mm-hmm. i mean that, that that's really attracting my my attention one is that the point is that the, the the leaders of those times united people under the guise of islam I wouldn't say Being the guys, Muslim. but uh, you know, under Being under a, the the banner. <laughs> no, no, but the point yeah. is under the banner of being a Muslim, exactly. as opposed to being a Malay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, I, so I think that's the first thing because yes. I think our history is steeped in the whole concept of being Malay, yeah. as opposed to being Muslim. Well, that that was a, that was an introduction. So the Salamaya, you know, all these Afrikaans guys started introducing it. It was never there. Yeah, but now you just know. on this program, you, uh, you're realizing that by calling people Malay as opposed to Muslim, mm-hmm. it was another form of divide and rule. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is this is. And if if you look at the you know the the discussions around how the Muslims. Um, started to multiply as it were mm-hmm. that was the first thing that they dealt with you know non-racism mm. as it as it were so that's the first thing that mm. the, the the leaders of old mm. united people under the banner of mm. being muslim exactly. that's the first thing exactly. and the second thing is you're mentioning is the um, issue of language yes okay so maybe talk a little bit about uh, our language united people. Okay, if if you look at the if you look at the kitabs or the books that have been written, and I mean I studied out of one of those or some of those books that were written like that. I mean Sheikh Ismail Khanif, interestingly, he came much later. He was a contemporary of Sheikh Shaki Edwards. Edwards, that's the Edwards. man. You know, I studied the, his kitabs, and that kitabs dealt with aqidah, hadith. You know, so it's written in the Arabic script, but it's actually line by line translated. So. So what they did? But, but all, he yeah. came here before Sheikh Shaki. He actually yeah, I, left I Azhar so. before Sheikh Shaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But they were more or less on the same. They were contemporaries. Yeah. Anyway, these were you know these guys made 
amazing contributions in terms uh, of of uh, you know writing these things down um, of course there was a book written about him so I'm not going to delve into that but what is m- to me most important is the Tuangurus and so on of their time recognizing the state of where we find ourselves in in other words they are saying guys we have got a job to do here Mm-hmm. And uh, probably without even mentioning we've got a dub- job to do, they just did the job. But they were structured in what they were doing. They were wise, you know, uh, in terms of their application. If you follow through on the how they did this, the first was the belief. So if you are dealing with a scenario that your, your starting point was already a non-racist story. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you realize that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us that if you uh, alleviate you know the difficulties of somebody then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do so to you you know and so your help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your help will come with you helping you know your brother and who's your brother your brother in creation mm. and this is the the beauty of of how they did it they didn't say look my neighbor is from i don't know where they said you are a potential muslim on the basis of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying that you do not believe la yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhi ma yuhibbu li nafsi you have no belief until you love for your brother what you love for yourself and in the discussion of the sharh you know the ulama will tell you that that brother is your brother in creation so you must long for every atheist to accept this deen of submission and and so that's how they they were firm in their beliefs they're firm in their practice so it's not it was not just the case of being it is the doing of the good works as well and mm-hmm. that governed the manner in which they drove this community um, to the level that alhamdulillah we're sitting here having a radio station of our own and not one and we we've got a lot of muslims if you look at the numbers and you look at the influence it's totally unbalanced in a way mm-hmm. um, for numbers we shouldn't have this Influence, but because of our education, because of our, uh, you know, of our upbringing, virtually, and the manner in which people have been really operating uh, from every angle, from the, the the you know, we were just talking about going on Hajj, <laughs> and how you spend just you, you know how people are greeted mm-hmm. while they are going on Hajj. It it is so you know encouraging. Mm. Is that, you know, the other day people were coming in and reciting even these Qasidas and so on in the Quran And you've got these groups coming around to the Hujjads And So it drives you, and this has been constant There are certain new <laughs> introductions that they've done But it retains the spirit that we've been involved in and that i believe is where we should be going and holding the community together yeah i think um, the the community i mean we're very lucky in in many ways that we are a a community i mean it's a small minority mm. but i think uh, we need to ascertain what it is that we need as a community mm. in order to establish a proper leadership and I'm not saying we don't have proper leadership Mm. I'm saying 
the leadership currently in its current form, mm-hmm. and I'm making this uh, supposition to you, which mm-hmm. I think you should comment on, is that we, we don't have structured leadership. And I think uh, maybe, and I mean, mm-hmm. we need to discuss this. Sure. Is, it, is it necessary? Okay. To, but, but, you, to, but we're going to just go for an ad break. When we come back, we're going to look at the concept or not of structured leadership. Okay. Good. Sure. Let's talk about this whole concept of structural leadership because my contention is that we respond to issues in our community Mm. in an unstructured manner. In other words, when it is an issue that affects the community, we start looking around in terms of who's going to deal with this. So maybe I want to just comment on that. In fact, that's not very new. Uh, You know, this kind of firefighting operation has been going on for ages. Underlying all of these, when you talk about structured leadership, I think the first principle that one has to look at is the principle of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَىٰ وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدَوَانِ Let's just deal with the first part. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you must cooperate. On bir wa taqwa, on everything that is good, and taqwa means, you know, promote that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands, and prohibit that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. So it, it requires a cooperation. Um, that's the first point. So therefore, no person embraces all of those qualities. It is absolutely essential. As we sit across each other year, you are in law. I'm primarily in accounting, I've obviously studied imamat and so on, but we have to talk to each other and work together uh, in that particular frame um, of operation. And, and, and I want to relate to you, and I have spoken about this on the radio at some stage, about that case of the Zakaf Fund in 1984. It was a case where certain people were saying, okay, the Sakafan had done X, Y, and Z kind of transactions, and that didn't comply with the Sharia, and so on. It went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court then appointed a tribunal. That tribunal consisted of the Shuyukh, Sheikh Nazim Muhammad, you've got Sheikh Mawlana Yusuf Karan, Sheikh Amin Fakir, Mawlana Khutbuddin Kaji, you had uh, Sheikh Abdul Hamid Khabir, and then you had myself as the chartered accountant, and you had Issa Musa, the late Issa Musa, um, as the lawyer. And what we could do is we, when we analyzed the issues, we found that to identify the transactions first requires an accounting skill. And so we got all the accountants together and then wrote an accountant's report. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, the ulama would go there and they will analyze it from a Sharia point of view. And then they wrote, okay, so this is the transaction, it is either acceptable or whatever it is. And then when all of that was done, then Esa Musa put it in South African legal terms. Mm-hmm. And so all of the expertise that we've had available to us and appropriate to the case was then brought to the fore. And in a structured way, in answer to your question, mm-hmm. we could solve the problem, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is, is a... Is a Benchmark that we could use in saying a lot of these problems are not insurmountable problems. We make big deals out of it because everybody and his, you know, mouse is getting involved in a, in in an issue which perhaps they're not even competent to get involved in. Mm. So, competence 
and structure needs to go together. And okay. so you call in whoever, and, and this coordination of effort in order to do this requires also a specific skill. Mm. But, you know, so what is the process of doing this and what is the kind of value underlying all of this? I, I like this Arabic expression. It says, Sayyidul Qawm Khadimuhum. The leader of a people is their servant. Yes. Sayyidina, Umar, Sayyidina Abu Bakr an, made a, a very important speech when he was in, appointed. He says, I have been appointed over you, though I'm not the best amongst you. If I do well, then help me. If I act wrongly, then correct me. Truthfulness is synonymous with fulfilling the trust. Lying is, in, is equivalent to treachery. The weak amongst you is deemed strong by me until I return to them that which is rightfully theirs, inshallah. And the strong amongst you is deemed weak by me until I take from them what is rightfully someone else's, inshallah. Obey me as long as I obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. If I disobey Allah and his messenger, then I have no right to your obedience. And I mean, that's the kind of spirit within which you should do this. Now, are you going to have... Now, people will say, okay, fine, the outside guys will do the divide and the rule story. We'll say, okay, we ourselves are disunited. Uh, you know, we can't agree... Since when, I mean, have you ever had all of the lawyers agree with each other or all of the doctors agree with each other? Yes, there's going to be differences. I think the mature way of leadership would be to say that I expect that kind of difference of opinion, but let us sit down and, and, and chart a road which makes sense to achieve whatever we set out to do. And that's what we need to recognize. So, so, okay, now no, how, how does one define mm -hmm. that type of leadership? Right. Because, I mean, people, there's so many leadership models. There's mm. autocratic leadership, there's affiliative, there's collaborative, there's democratic, there's visionary leadership. So many. Mm. So, I want to check which model, if there is even such a thing, yeah. do we... And I think, let's start small, let's start with the Cape, as opposed to South Africa. The Cape leadership, mm. which model should that model follow? Yeah, I, I think the big mistake that we make is, is obviously to take those kinds of as things as benchmark, the autocratic and so on. There might be a reason, there might be a case for autocratic mm. leadership in one under a particular set of circumstances. It might be democratic in a way, and another set of circumstances. What is appropriate is what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. you know, so what are you wanting to achieve as a society? And say you, you, you want to secure the sanctity of life, it's honor, it's property, all that kind of stuff. Then you want to talk to ensure that justice prevails for both Muslims, non-Muslims, there's cooperation, there's values of transformation, there's spiritual values, ma'roof and munkar, and there's socio-economic welfare, and intellectual development, cycles of rising. So what I'm saying is that you cannot talk about leadership or the pattern of leadership unless we know what we want to do. Mm. Because if you want to, um, you know, ride a horse, <laughs> uh, you're going to lead that horse in a particular way that, that you are, are designated to do. If you just want to go from here to around the corner, that's fine. That's a particular way. I would say to you that putting it into pigeonholes of leadership as defined, I think, it, it, you know, the, it's not mutually exclusive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, these are patterns of conduct, effectively. You can be autocratic in certain circumstances. You can be, as I said, consultative. You can be whatever it is mm. that you need appropriate to the time, appropriate mm. to the set of circumstances. But the, the, the conversation, mm-hmm. that conversation of leadership, mm-hmm. at what point mm-hmm. does, does that happen? I mean, and, and, and the second part is, has it ever happened? Well, I think, you know, the fact that we have um, survived this long mm-hmm. <laughs> must have happened, you know, you must have had a lot of decisions having been made. And of course, you always get some of the guys who are not going to agree with you and pulling to us, okay? Mm-hmm. That inevitably is going to happen. I mean, you know, the, the, the essence of following the jama'ah is a big discussion on its own. You know, people say, ah, but I mean, you know, the single person, you know, might be right, whatever the case may be. And, and, and so one has to look at it. I think what is more important is first to go and ask ourselves, what is the condition of our society? I'm talking about the community at large, not the Muslim community on their own, because there is no such a, a thing that we have got, got responsibility only for. Mm-hmm. You have, your neighbor is your, your community and so forth. So it extends to everybody, even the atheist next, whatever it is. So I think we first need to know who is our community and what do we do for our community as such, and then decide what is the appropriate model. Mm-hmm. As I pointed it out, out now, that that Zakar fan case required the expertise in a, you know in accounting, law, you know Sharia, and so forth. That was appropriate then, and so we issued a you know a decision on that basis. As lawyers, you would be discussing something and making a decision. Now, all of the lawyers are not going to agree. All of the doctors are not going to agree on a specific, say, treatment or whatever the case may be. But they will decide, in majority, that that is what they're going to do after, of course, having long debates and expressing you know, their views and expertise and so on. I hear what you're saying, that people will not necessarily agree, but you still require a result. Absolutely. Mm. But then, that's what I'm saying. The result is dependent on what you set out to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, unless you problem, if you've got a problem, then you must def- define what the nature of that problem is. And therefore, the whole process of problem solving goes, go, takes its course. Ultimately, what does a solution entail? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look at what, what is being negotiated at, at the moment in Africa, wherever it is, uh, in terms of peace negotiations and so on. Do they have an end product? Yes, they have an ultimate end game of peace, as it were. How do we get there? There's going to be a lot of to and froing until there's a structured decision made. And if you, if you look at all of those scenarios, you are finding that they appoint some independent mediator and in order to address the, the story. But again, I don't want to say, let us prescribe one methodology in order to do that. My, my point is, what is the problem? Identify what kind of skills and expertise you need and what is the process that you're going to follow in order to, to reach a decision. And then how do we get... Um our current leadership to sing from one 
songbook? Okay, it depends what they're singing. Um, you know, the, the, the issue is... Yeah, but now you see, this is where we came in a bit earlier on. We said that, you know, we, we do not want a group of firefighters. Sure. So it's not a question of, yeah. uh, it depends what we're singing. Right. It's a question of having a, a properly formulated orchestra so that they can sing any song. You know, as long as the choir master calls the right song. Right. And then, <laughs> and then you, go, you haven't got one choir master. That's your <laughs> other problem. Um, you know, the, if I take any, I mean, in a legal fraternity, mm-hmm. you've got a pattern of deciding how you're going to solve this problem. Is that not right? It depends like, on the problem. Okay, <laughs> you see, exactly. I've just thrown it back at you yeah, and you've okay. given me the same answer that I've just given you. It depends on the nature of the problem. Um, you know, I, I think, for instance, and, and I have spoken about this in the public sector, as it were, the manner in which you understand a set of financial statements um, I've done quite a lot of present presentations throughout South Africa, and I'm always shocked to find how shocked the the participants are when I start raising some of the questions of accountability. And I'm talking about accounting as accountability as a starting point. And so you take them through, and if your base understanding, if you start merging two concepts, for instance, accounting and accountability, you must understand the whole story, because mm-hmm. the one is not the other. The one may be used for the other and, and being part of the other, but it is not the end game. And so that, that's what we need. The end game to me, as far as the community is concerned, is to develop that community in all its facets, mm. economically, socially, etc., etc. That should be the agreement, that we all go, the song that we're going to sing from that one sheet is for us to have social justice, equity, and, and so forth. Islah, effectively, that's what we are looking for. Okay. And that's, that's the whole purpose of it. Uh, Professor, we are, we are going to hand over to the, to the technician. We're going to go for a break. If my next guest is not here yet, okay. then we're going to continue with this sure. program. If I do, if my new guest appears for the legal hour, then of course we can. Uh, we will, sure. Then we end up saying goodbye. Sure. So for now, uh, we. So you're just gonna stay now until sure. we we know for a fact what's happening. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Zikhsan Higgins here with the legal hour. I have my guest here. Uh, I've got Shiam. So Assalamualaikum Shiam. Assalamualaikum to all the listeners. I've been here all the time. Okay. I've just been sitting in the other room. Okay, good. <laughs> but now it is not all of Professor Arnold is huh? and he and I mean he's transitioning into the legal hour now. But I guess I'll climb with the professor oh, sure. because uh, professor, I think it's a very. Uh, I mean, speaking about leadership, you know, in our community Mm. is actually a very, very important discussion. It's a discussion that we cannot have enough. We we need to speak about it all the time. We have excellent precedent in in South Africa. I mean, if if Islam is still surviving after 350 years, then we have excellent precedent. So despite the, the the conflictual nature of our interaction with one another. Mm. And I can no sorry as I can with you uh prat on warag. But uh what I wanna say is um that I like what you said the prof that number one despite our disagreements as in community, despite the, 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 all the agreement, disagreements we've had, there was always a way to resolve the issue. That's right. why we're still surviving. Exactly. And I think that's the most important yes. thing. 
second thing, Professor, which I think was important was that the the Malay concept vis-à-vis the Muslim, Muslim concept it was prevalent, potentially a mechanism to divide and rule our community. It could have. Mm. Yes. And maybe we were just blind to it all these years. Mm. And we need to maybe examine that. Mm. You know, uh, is it fair on all Muslims to refer to the history mm. of Islam in South Africa as almost a, a Cape Malay construct? Yeah, but that, that was a name, you know, they, they used to call us Islamayers, which is a contortion of just about everything. Islam and Malayans and so forth. I, I think what we want to do is to give our narrative as opposed to delving into what they called us. They could have called us anything they wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they called Mandela a, a terrorist. Okay, so fine. So live with it. Mm-hmm. Get on with it. You know, I, I say, let's move along. We, we must actually emphasize the issue of us functioning as a dynamic Muslim community that has survived for so long not only survived, but have been extremely influential mm-hmm. in a society where they are such a minority. And, and I think those are the positives that talks to leadership. Now, is it the leader of an Echurat Sechte, or is it a Madrasa teacher, what no da is of your hours? All of us are leaders. As All of us are shepherds. And, and I, I believe that that's the yeah. leadership that we've lived out. And that's what stands. Yeah. Um, Professor, what, what I mean, and I did ask you the question when we started, is that I want to understand, the, the, and the listeners want to understand the vision for, for let's call it the, 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 the student body mm. of IPSA okay. at the moment. Surely the faculty uh, has actually devised a kind of a, 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 a curriculum mm. because we know that everybody that leaves IPSA mm. ought to take a leadership role in society. Right. So we have not had the time to, to examine that. Yeah. And I want to examine that. Sure. So I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you to commit on A, sure. you know, to come back and sure. maybe let's take this topic of leadership a little bit further so that, as I said, the, in fact, there's a, beautiful, there's a beautiful quotation that I read. It says that we must think of Islam educationally mm-hmm. and we must think of education Islamically, and I think that sort of captures what we're talking about. Okay, shukran for that, uh, Professor. So, inshallah, uh, let's see if we can maybe come back next week on the leadership hour, and we're going to transition from here now to Shiam. So, I want to say shukran very much, Professor, for um, uh, you know gracing us with your presence, giving us your words of wisdom, and we make dua that you know that you will be carrying on that legacy for many more years, inshallah. I mean, shukran for having me and shukran to all the listeners for listening in <laughs> and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all inshallah. Shukran, shukran, shukran. 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 Shukran.